Today's episode of Finding Demo Surf Fishing is being brought to you by The Sinker Guy. Head on over to thesinkerguy.com and take a look in The Sinker Guy's shop. He pours all his own lead and has lots of different options to choose from besides sinkers. He also has fishing rigs, fish bites, and other things available for your needs. Head on over to, again, thesinkerguy.com and get your stuff all set up to go fishing. You've heard this company name before if you've listened to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. I mean, how could you not? I've talked about it a bunch of times. He's sponsored numerous different shows. He's been kind of all over a few different lives. You'd be uh, remiss would be a good word if you didn't know who we're talking about today. So we're talking with Alex Lyons of True Braid. So we're going to learn a lot today about Braid and Alex and the whole gamut. So I hope you're ready. You're listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. Here we go. <laughs> control my audio lines today <laughs> oh it's gonna be a good show don't worry i'll get control of this whole thing hope you all are doing well wherever you are today wherever you're listening to this it's gonna be a good day so that's what i said earlier we're talking with alex lines of true braid uh, if you haven't heard about it please go take a look at his website it is loaded with information about the braid and you're gonna learn a ton here today on the show about it uh I didn't know several things about the company until I finally got a chance to talk to Alex offline and learned a ton, and I was sold right then and there. And I've ordered several spools and have uh, have them all spooled up except for one that's on the list of things to do still. And I haven't had a problem with it. I'm loving the stuff. It's not fading. Good deal. So without me constantly taking this over by me talking about it, let's bring them on. Alex, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate you uh, inviting me on and uh, getting me uh, a little burst in the podcast world. Seems like a lot of fun. You've got an awesome show. Thanks, man. Well, you have an awesome story. Uh, I wish I could have captured the original phone call that we had uh, starting out you know, from your fishing experience. And it's just like, you know, if you could have seen my face, it was just that kind of, oh, man, that sounds so cool. I wish I fished like that. Oh, I wish I had gone there and fished like that. It's just, and everything you've done from then has just been, uh, not to gush on you, but it's you know, it's like you touch it and it turns to gold. So, hell of a job, man, and good stuff. Well, that's uh, <clears throat> giving me probably more credit than I deserve, but I think it's been a combination of passion and uh, ingenuity, and 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 trying to affect change when you see an area for change being due. So. I appreciate that, and uh, I'm happy to talk about anything you want to hear and share anything that I can about the process and about the braid and about how we got to where we are today. All right. Well, let's dig, let's dig into it. So, again, like we started, everybody, if you head on over to TrueBraid.com after this show or in the background because you're probably listening to it because you downloaded it because you're awesome or you're streaming it and it lets you, uh, you can get a lot of the information on there too and you can see all the products that we're talking about. So let's back it way up into the younger years of Mr. Alex Lines. What got you into fishing? Uh, that's probably a pretty cliche answer. My old man, who does not have many skills with fishing, uh, would bring me fishing to a local pond and uh, we would throw some worms and some bobbers. Probably the, the biggest memory of that when I was a young kid was we had an argument in that it took 
probably a couple of years of my first fishing experiences, just going for bass and sunfish and the ponds of Massachusetts, uh, where I started saying, I want a spinning reel. You know, he would always uh, give me a little kitty push button reel, you know, like many fathers, they don't want to deal with untangling the mess. But after a couple of years, I begged him and begged him and begged him. He finally got me a spinning reel. And uh, I would, you know, go fishing with him. Really, though, I attribute to how I get into fishing was a couple of uh, childhood friends of mine, two of my best friends when I was uh, in grade school and through high school. They were twins and they were my two closest friends and they were big fishermen. Their dad was a huge uh, smallmouth um, bass fisherman up in Vermont. They would uh, invite me to come on the kayak with them on the Charles River in Massachusetts. And that's kind of pretty memorable point. It's like where I learned to like tie my fisherman's knot. And from there, we used to just ride our bikes around uh, kind of the suburbs of Massachusetts when we were in grade school with our fishing poles on our back. Can't tell you how many eyes um, I broke on my fishing rod by getting it stuck <laughs> in the spokes of my bicycle. Um, but uh, that's what we would do all day. We would just ride around on the weekends or after school and just go hit all the local ponds on our bikes. Those two, uh, those two friends of mine are really what kind of got me into fishing. I think my father was using it more as a uh, uh, keep the kid occupied for a couple of hours while mom cooked dinner. <laughs> um, yeah. No, we were riding around the ponds of Massachusetts and, and, and freshwater fishing, and that's how it all started. That was really the beginning. It's not a very exciting story. It's probably similar to a lot of the other people out there. You know, that's where it all started in the, the suburbs of Massachusetts jumping over fences, winning over neighbors to allow them to finish, <laughs> let us fish in the, in the neighborhood pond. Yeah. So you, you started up in Mass there. Let's go with that one here. So what got you into the surf and saltwater fishing? When I got a little bit older, my parents started renting a, a beach house on Cape Cod for a week during the summer. Cape Cod is one of the most magical places places in the world if you haven't been i encourage you to, to take a trip up there sometime but when you're a young uh, kid it could seem pretty boring when you're out there you've got no friends or and you're on a family vacation for a week so i used that to uh, kill some time with going fishing and uh, would take my freshwater poles with me and my freshwater lures yeah and that's all i had <laughs> and I would just go and walk down to wherever beach I was closest to and and throw it out there and most of the time get really excited for uh, hooking some seaweed and thought I had some fish. But as time went on, learned more, talked with other people out there. When I was probably like six or seven years old, I hooked into like uh, like a 24-inch striper. Ooh. And brought it in probably on like, and full disclosure, I was probably using like 20 pound mono at the time and uh, pulled in like this striper. And from there, like my eyes lit up. I was like, this was the coolest thing in the world. From there, I was like, I want to catch big fish from the jetty, catch more stripers. So that's what kind of got me into surf fishing at a young age. Um, I was very fortunate enough to be able to vacation out there, do that. And that's kind of where the surf fishing journey began. Not a bad place to start. I mean, you kind of, <laughs> you set the bar nice and high. Like I said, I was striper. very fortunate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's good stuff, man. I mean, that's well, a, the fish gets bigger every time I tell this story. That's fair. 
you know, that, that's <laughs> as it should. It has to. When you were six years old, it, you know, it over. It's inflation of life. You, you know, you're allowed. I to couldn't hold it. it closer to the camera lens, so all I could do was <laughs> exaggerate the length. Back on the old 35 millimeters. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. So, underwater, underwater uh, film camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the big eye. Yeah, yeah. So you started up there. Okay, Our so under thirty audience won't relate. No, they're like, "What are you guys talking about?" <laughs> you just Google it. Just it's okay. You, you, you know, the computer might ask. You know, are you sure you're okay? Um, for your age verification, there going way back. So you started up in New England, up in Mass. Okay, Cape, out of the Cape. Cool. You've done a lot of fishing because now you're down in the Virginia D.C. area. And mm-hmm. you, when we were talking offline, you've done a lot of fishing up and down the East Coast, amongst other places. Normally, I save this question for later, but I really want to ask, where has been your favorite place to fish so far in your life? So I probably reread that question uh, when you asked it to me first. And that's a really difficult thing to say, because I will say that I've been fortunate enough that things have progressed 20 years later or so, 25 years later. I have a small 19-foot Boston whaler. I take that out to uh, Monomoy. And Monomoy is basically the southernmost tip of Cape Cod. So the tip of Monomoy basically is kissing the tip of Nantucket Island. Yep. And out there is some of the most, I mean, it's one, it's just majestic. All right. And like, what you hit are what we call rips. These are just rip currents that you'll get uh, about 100 to 200 yards off the shore. So the beauty about Cape Cod and uh, Massachusetts is you have the continental shelf. So unlike other parts of the East Coast, unlike Florida and other places in the country where you have to travel a good amount offshore to get to deeper waters you can 50 60 100 yards offshore the continental shelf just drops right and so you go from two feet of water to 60 70 80 100 feet of water in a matter of feet uh, which is a really unique situation that mixed with just the absolute beauty of the landscape and 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 the sea lions and and honestly, you'll see some great whites trolling around out there. Yeah, you do. Um, but you hit these rips, and it just it is a striper frenzy. So to answer your question, my favorite place to fish is probably on the on the southern point of the outermost Cape for striper, and a very very close second, which I've been fortunate enough to explore for the past three years. I've gone down to the Gulf. And I've fished from Marco Island all the way up to Boca Grande. Um, I stay away from anything north of that because plenty of people on this podcast probably know that traffic is probably terrible in the Tampa region. Yeah. And so anywhere from Marco Island, you know, not so much Naples or Bonita Springs because it's pretty concentrated with tough access there. Uh, but Sanibel and Captiva. Sanibel and Captiva are a very close second. Um, that said, I've never fished the Gulf Shores. I've never fished Pensacola. I've never fished Perdido. I've never fished, um, those areas, which I plan to change in the next six months. There's still room for placeholders 
sure. <laughs> hey, man, it's going to be great to have you down here and come fishing. And uh, I know a lot of us I here are wait, excited for wait. it. Well, let's move into the technical side of this game, then, of fishing, and then we're going to get into the company stuff. You're planning out, you're, you know, hey, I'm going fishing this Saturday. How do you plan your fishing day? Well, it's obviously relative. So where I am now, because I love fishing so much, I drive three plus hours and I go out to a place called Assateague Island. So from where I am on the DC border to get to the Eastern shore of Maryland, just south of Ocean City uh, is a place called Assateague Island, which is very, very, very similar to the Outer Banks. In 2019, no, in 2020, that kind of the start of uh, the summer of 2020 when uh, things were uh, kind of closed at that point in time, I picked up a little truck camper to throw on the bed of my Tundra and uh, so that I could go camp out at the beach. And so ever since then, about every weekend between June and September, we load up the camper and we go out to uh, Aspie Island, which is a phenomenal place if you're ever in the area for whatever reason and you want to go to an awesome beach and you want to go surf fishing, highly recommend it. Wild horses running, like I said, it's very similar to the Outer Banks. It's very much a surf fisherman's paradise location. What I do is I will get all my rigs set up. I usually go out there with about seven rods, all for different applications. I usually have about two bait rods. I have about I have two bait rods. I have one kind of uh, uh, lure rod, like a, a casting rod, if you ever see a blitz on the surf. And then I've got three surf rods for heavy baits and, and weights. And then I've got uh, one pen conventional rod for kayaking out deep drop bait. So I will get all of those rigged up with secondary or, tertiary or third you know, rigs to go and uh, load them up. And so when I get out there, we're ready to go, put the spikes in the sand. I'll usually set up, as you guys know, you set up, I usually set up the bait rods first, work my way out to the, the bigger surf casting rods. I use uh, a 9, 10, and 12-foot surf casting rod with their respective uh, reels on them. And then I've got my conventional <clears throat> heavy-duty rod for kayaking out the bait. So all of that's done ahead of time. Uh, nobody wants to be out in the wind fiddling around with tying rigs and whatnot. That's kind of usually my setup. And so then I'll always have the one rod, uh, the casting rod set up with a spoon or personal favorite of mine. I'm not trying to promote them or anything, but Island X Lures. He's uh, a great guy. He hands makes paints these out of Nantucket Island. Um, I use his pencil jigs, his floating, his floating pencils. And I've never had more success with throwing a lure in the surf with any. I mean, I've thrown spoons. I've thrown gulps i've thrown jigs i've thrown everything and these things just always consistently perform but I always have one of those tied up and then i will have my my big stuff ready to uh to chunk some bigger baits out and so that's kind of the setup i'm a seven seven rods seven to eight rods two for bait one for casting three for surf surf casting and then the one conventional for deep dropping that's bringing a lot of artillery. I like it. You're bringing a little house out there with you to the beach to sleep out there for 48 hours. So 
Yeah. That's smart. <laughs> I mean, it's smart. Like you said, you know, you're going out there, you know what you're doing. It's a three-hour haul. It's not a quick little jonk. I mean, that that's that's a run, and you have everything you need. So that that's that's really good and really smart. I mean, a lot of people, I think, would be like, yep, I need to do it that way. Uh, you said it was Island X Lures? Island X, yeah. Okay. Um, they're, they're predominantly on Instagram. I convinced them to get on TikTok uh, a couple of weeks ago, but I think they're, they they just have such a great presence with Facebook and Instagram, and they have such a loyal following. I mean, like, I'm not just promoting them because, like, but they, it's just, stuff just works. Yeah. And, like, if you follow their page, like, they're crushing blues. They are crushing stripe. Like, the stripers just eat these things up. So a funny story, and I, I always tell them this, and I first tried his lures the summer of 2020, before, like, True Brave was even True Brave. And I bought a couple of them, and I brought them out. And me and my older brother were out on our on our whaler, and we were off of Monomoy. And so I tied one up on each of our boat rods, and I threw one out. <laughs> and I just and just a bluefish just came up and crushed it. And so like my brother looks at me as I'm reeling it in and fighting it, and he's like, "All right, I'll take it. I'll throw it out there." Throws that, and so like back to back first cast, like these things had never hit the water before. And I was like, all right, something's going on here. I didn't get out last summer as much as I wanted to. Um, I think I only went down to the Cape once. And for a variety of reasons, I, I wasn't able to do much fishing while I was there. And uh, then I linked up with him probably like back in May, like re- like was like, reached out to him like sent him like a picture of like true braid with his with like his pencils next to it and i was like i'm about to get like ready to do some damage up on cape cod it was like right after i think matt and ninja tackle and uh bama and those guys like had just come back from the canal and i was like and they were like hyping me up because i knew i was going to be heading to the cape soon and uh and then he got right back and he's like dude like that's awesome thank you so much and i was like yeah i'd love to send you some braid and he's like hell yeah like send me some braid i'll send you some of my new squids that i just put out this year they've been killing it up there so i sent him a spool he sent me way more than i deserved in return he sent me like five of his pencils which was like three times the value of the spool i sent him uh thanks man and I went out and I went off like just I was just screwing around. I just went out a little pond off of uh, the street that, that I'm on on the Cape. And I literally tossed it out there. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm just going to like throw this. I just want to make sure my reel's good. I just want to see how this comes off the thing. Like I wasn't even fishing that cow. And a, literally a striper just hit it right away. And I was like, I've got to let him know. Like, this is ridiculous. I just went three for three first cast on three different lures with your product. So like, I'm not yeah. selling it. I'm just telling you. That's exactly, a win. Like, all right. <laughs> I, I, like, I'm not using anything else. Like, <laughs> so as I go off on a tangent here about him, uh, if anybody's interested, his floating pencils, he's also got some minnows that he does. But like, this is like old school, original Nantucket, born and bred guy who probably knows surf fishing better than better than me at least he's been making some huge waves uh across the surf fishing community especially in new england over the last couple of years so i would encourage you to check him out i'm already on the website <laughs> no, that's what i'm saying these I mean, pencils i mean it looks smart they got the beads in there the colors look great these the hellfire is 180 yeah they've got the beads in them 
just their just the like just their their balance of them in the water like is is really what like most pencils will just like float straight stiff across the surface like but with his bead and his little weight in there like they just dip down enough and he uses all these inline circle hooks too you know i gotta respect the fact that you don't need nine hooks on a lure to catch a fish you know it's it's good for the fish it's great fishing i've never i've probably thrown 200 casts with them i probably caught about 10 to 15 fish with them myself my brother's caught a handful uh, over the course of the last two years, I've never had a strike and lost a fish. So, you know, it just kind of serves to that fact that, like, you know, you just don't need these ridiculous treble hooks on everything. But again, I'm I'm a big bait guy. I don't throw artificials as often as most. It's all relative. But if I am, I'm throwing him. Oh, hey, what works, works. Hey, that that I've said that so many times to people. It doesn't matter what the company is. If you, If it works for you and you're going to run with it, run with it. So, and the cool part was, I mean, if we're being technically on time, you nailed like the next three questions. So it worked out really well. <laughs> hey, you, well, you, you packaged if we can it be up. efficient in every, if we can be efficient in every uh, <laughs> aspect of the way, then, then good for us. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. That, that's, but no, I, but to your point though, it's like, you know, that's the thing, especially when I uh, get on lives or I communicate with people and. You know, someone is like, you know, I've used Power Pro or another brand all my life and never had a problem. And it's like, that's not, I'm not going to sit there and say, well, you need to try my braid because it's, it's, it's God's gift to earth. No, it's like, go with what you're comfortable with. If you want to give it a shot and, and try something new that's going to be a lot less expensive and, you know, in in my opinion, perform pretty similar. Give it a try, but I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, these other brands are garbage, and mine's the the greatest thing in the world. You know, it's it, we're not. This isn't Tesla versus Chrysler. Just hey, if you want to spend less and, and and try something new, then this is an option. But if if this other brand, the braid is just working for you and every time you throw it it's like you were blessed by the fish gods and you never lose a fish and you're always killing it then then stay with that man and like you know more power to you like you said go with what you're comfortable with yeah but if you're willing to try something and break out of your comfort zone there you go well it's perfect that you bring it up man you gave us the perfect segue of time It is your 25-minute bait check. First bait check of the show. All right. I'm always loving these. This first bait check has been brought to you by Ninja Tackle. Head on over to ninjatackleva.com and get yourself set up with all the good gear they've got. Matt has a bunch of rods, rigs, and everything in reels that you could possibly need. So head on over to ninjatackleva.com. Get set your get yourself set up for success with some awesome gear. Thank you, Ninja Tackle, for always being the team here. I love you guys. Moving into that one, so you gave me a great segue, but before I get to the company, I have two last questions, and then we're going to get into the whole thing with True Braid. What is your favorite fish to catch? Oof. So, <laughs> it's funny you bring this up, because I, obviously, uh, at this point, you know, you know, I was kind of uh, grew up in New England. I will say definitively that at this point in time, my favorite fish to catch is a striper 
Mm-hmm. And I may be I may be in Maryland where people incorrectly refer to them as quote rockfish, and I think the uh, proper term is striped bass. But if you're catching them and you're in the areas that you catch them, they're striper, and uh, they are the most fun fish to catch. You had to they throw you had are... to throw the accent in, didn't you? You had to throw it in there. <laughs> they are wicked fun to catch. Hands down, they are so much fun, and it is the most rewarding experience to to get them. That said, as being a Maryland resident for the last ten or so years and fishing a lot of Maryland, I this June got rewarded with catching a forty inch and a fifty. I'll say a fifty point five inch uh redfish from the surf holy crap dude and if it wasn't for like my affinity for stripers and just like my childhood memories and everything like it is it it became a close rival and now i've never caught a striper bigger than 30 inches in my life i know guys who have fished out on acetate for 20 years searching for a bull drum in the 50 range or high 40 ranges and it's few and far between for some reason the migration patterns and whatnot are completely out of whack and i was graced with these two fish uh at the end of june and i gotta tell you what if i don't catch another striper soon they're easily going to become my favorite fish to catch. <laughs> and uh, congratulations on being in the fifty club, man. Uh, I'm not there. I mean, you nailed the forty club and the fifty club in a, in a day. That's freaking amazing. In the same hole. Oh, that's in glorious. the same hole. Literally, and but like I said, I camp out there for. I was out there. The first one came Friday at ten thirty p.m. The second one came Saturday around nine p.m. Oh. In the same hole, the same tide. It was just, like, I, I'm still shook from it. Yeah. I, I still can't believe it. I, I go back to my phone, I look at the pictures, and I'm still just like, I'm like, I think I blacked out during the entire experience. No. Um, and I was such in disbelief. I was like, I, I knew I was, I was catching, like, some big, big rays during the day, like, just things just rip and drag. And I hooked up to this thing. And like I was like, nah, there's no way. The way that things since this thing is running, I was like, I don't think it's a black tip. And I just was, I was like, there's, it didn't even cross my mind. This was gonna be a bull red. I was like looking to my wife, and she's got the phone and the light because it's dark. And I'm like, I'm like, sweetie, it's it's probably a ray. It's probably a ray. And then like the pole just starts like doing a bunch of head shakes on the on the retrieve and i'm like it's gotta be a weird ray like or maybe it's a shark or something and then i see it crash in the in like the first break and i'm like i look to her and i just like i lost it absolutely lost i'm surprised i didn't lose the fish because i was probably dancing so much with the pole (laughs) but it was, I mean, you guys can, can hook these things, and the guys out in the Outer Banks can hook these things on the regular. I mean, it may be not like huge ones down there, but 
you see Salt Squatch pulling in 40 plusers. You've got one. I saw Frank from Saltwater Yankees crush one early on. So like, but to be out here in this area and get it was just it it was unforgettable. Dude, that's so great. Congratulations, man. So I, I think at the end of the day, I might be I might be cheating on stripers here. <laughs> well, when you get down to Florida, it'll just be a permanent. It is what it is. <laughs> so spoiled. <laughs> well, now that we've talked about that good stuff, let's move into the fun one. What is True Braid? What is True Braid? That's an open-ended question. Yeah, I'm good at those. <laughs> so I just wanted to – so I, I juggled with what to call this company probably more so than you would think. And what I kind of wanted the brand – and the image to be. And I obviously have a lot of experience reviewing other brands and and comparing other brands and whatnot. And at the end of the day, most companies, most comparable companies are not just braid. A lot of them have monofilaments and fluorocarbons, tackles, things like that. And, I wanted to just be like, hey, I'm your stop for braid. And if you look at my packaging and if you look at what I've kind of done to it, I wanted to just be, as it says, no frills. I I didn't want to convolute the brand with I'm abrasion resistant. I'm no stretch. I'm no memory. I'm, um, you know, uh, hold up and top of, you know, I'm do all all these things. It's like, yes. That's inherent with braided fishing line. You know, if you're buying braided fishing line, you're expecting it not to stretch. You're expecting it to be abrasion resistant. You're expecting it to be mostly this day and age, eight strands. There's still some four strands out there. You know, you're expecting it to be UV resistant. You're expecting it to have color options. So you don't need to, you know, I didn't want to just, convolute everything with what everybody already expects braid to be i just wanted to say like listen this is just true braid just true braid so i went back and forth with it uh i had a lot of different you know ideas of it but you know i think some of the later questions will help define that a little better but what is it it's just quality reliable braided fishing line that is not priced uh like there's a monopoly on the fishing line market and you know i think this is a good segue and you tell me brian should i just kind of go in of how i kind of came to, to this point yeah man i mean you you know the route we're running here and you're already on a great path so yeah give us the inspiration to create true braid hell yeah let's hear it and that'll feed into why it just became true braid you know is like so i unfortunately kind of put down my fishing pole for too many years and in 2019 was working i was getting married i was starting have my i have other companies and and other industries not in the fishing industry or anything like that but you know i have my day job and i put it down uh for too long and i hadn't gone home to see my folks in Cape Cod or Massachusetts in like five plus years. And so like in 2019, I got back into it and started picking the pole up again. And it was really like in the 
like May, June of 2020, you know, other things were going on in the world uh, that kind of was like, hey, if everything shut down, I want to get out and go to the beach and go fishing. And I started kind of getting more into like big game fishing uh, and like land-based shark fishing at that time. And so I was getting my bearings and I was getting like school. I mean, like up until that point, I had, you know, gone striper fish. I was a striper fisherman. I was a, you know, a freshwater bass fisherman, <clears throat> you know, fish for flounders and stuff in the, in, in the estuaries of Cape Cod and stuff. But then I was like, I wanted more excitement. I wanted to change it up a little bit. And I started learning more about like uh, land-based shark fishing. So I started doing that in 2020. And obviously, you know, I was uh, inexperienced. And uh, so I was, I was getting spooled out. I was uh, getting cut off. I was like losing a lot of freight. And at the end of the day, I was like, this is becoming the most expensive part of my fishing experience. I would get spooled out or, or whatnot. And I'd go and I'd have to scour to find a 500 to a thousand yard spool of fishing line that and it was like cost me like two hundred dollars i go to bass pro or whatever and i was like this is just like ridiculous to the point where it was almost stopping me from fishing and one really memorable moment was i was actually out on acetate and i wasn't far from the from the entrance for the off-road vehicle place and i saw some like kid like walking by uh, while and he was like ducking under my poles and he like had a backpack and he had like two poles in his hand and uh, one was a bait rod and was a casting rod and uh, he must have been like 13 or something and I was like it was like three o'clock in the afternoon and I was like he like was walking right by me I'm like what's up man like how'd you do did you catch anything he's like no nah, I got spooled out and I was like man like that's too bad like, why didn't you, like, keep fishing? He's like, well, I didn't have any more line. <laughs> I was like, I literally have to, like, go save up all week to, like, get some more line. I was like, I was like, dude, you're telling me. Like, I was like, <laughs> but you're not. And I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, all right, boy. Like, you know, like, I had, like, I had a spool, not true braid at the time. I was like, here, man, take this and, like, go fish and have fun. And, like, his eyes lit up and whatnot. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, why does this stuff cost so much? So I basically kind of like took that experience, went to like the drawing board and, you know, I'm, you know, I've done other ventures and things in the past. I'm a big fisherman. I, and I just kind of started uh, researching it and looking into it and uh, reverse engineered it was like, all right, like, I just want to basically buy a bulk order. I was like, I just never want to deal with freighting buying braided fishing line it was like the, it was also like right after i got back from my first trip down to to sanibel islands and i took my old uh, i took my brother and you know like we got in like a fight because like he spooled out like he like he like screwed up this like this fish and lost my entire spool and i was like you owe me like 50 bucks like <laughs> <laughs> and, and like all like and i like it all kind of stemmed from like those kind of couple of experiences and so i basically just kind of uh learned as much as i could uh kind of put my head in the sand for a little while and i was like all right i just want to like buy like like 50 spools of, of braid and just never have to worry about buying braid again and then you know one thing led to another my friends started asking me for it, friends of friends and you know family and whatnot and then you know friends of friends are like hey can so-and-so like buy a spool like what's the cost like blah 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 and then my buddy comes along he's like hey man like why don't you just sell it and I was like, I don't know anything about that. It's like, you know, here's, you know, steps one, two, and three. 
you know, help you with the website. I was like, all right, well, if I can get this initial wholesale order to pay for itself amongst you guys, that's great. And then I really kind of got kind of like captivated by it. It was like everybody, you know, a lot of people wanted it and I was, and I could offer it at a price that was really competitive compared to other brands. I think the stories of, hey man, I used your braid and caught this fish or hey man, like I, I really love your braid. And this, I'm talking like before I even came to True Braid and it was just unmarked spools that I had, you know, worked out with my production partner. And I, from where I went from there, I think it was really, I really have the community to uh, thank for it. It was never kind of a really defined plan. I think it was the community growing it organically and me just kind of uh, responding to an awesome community. So I really think True Braid came about because one, the product is just simple. You know, you, you, you get what you see. But also, it was kind of evolved from a very organic group of passionate fishermen who I've been lucky to know and then lucky to uh, expand out to because of it. And that's really, in a nutshell, the story of how True Braid came to be. It was a hell of a run, man. But I get, I get it. Closing right. argument. <laughs> it's perfect. I mean, you, you did everything you could possibly do, and that's phenomenal. And you could, and you've built something. And you, like you said, I mean, you do have a great cult-like following, and it's growing, and it's community-based, and it's people all talking to each other about it. It's all together, and that is perfect. I, I hate to use the word, but it really is. You, you done good, sir. You done good. I'm, like I said, I mean, it's, it's you know, I, I feel, like I said, I think I've done good, but, you know, it would be, I would be remiss to say that it wasn't a group effort by everybody out there. Like, it, True Braid exists because of all of you. Um, and I think, you know, there's a lot of companies out there, like smaller guys, that could very well say the same thing if they had the opportunity to, but... It, it, it's just an evolution of what the people wanted and you know it was what I wanted and people agreed that that's what they wanted too and then I was you know I wanted to learn how to you know offer it you know the paperwork and the registrations and the taxes aren't fun but at the end of the day I'm still getting you know I still get braid for a good price and I can offer it to other people for a good price but it's really it, it's really a community effort and that's what makes this so special and that's why I haven't had to spend money to run expensive advertisements. The most expensive advertisement, you know, I, I, I have is sending a spool to a deserving individual to give it a try and to provide me with their honest review. The day and age and how social media works certainly get what you what you offer in that in that respect. And honestly, I mean, like I put it out there and I'm like, hey man, if if you don't like it, then you know, all I ask is you just be honest with it. And uh, like, you can put out a bad review. You can put out a bad TikTok video if you want and be like, this is why, but just say why. And then let me, and then give me a opportunity to respond or to make it right. For Like, for example, there's this guy, Justin uh, Hardigan. I, I think he's in Southern Texas or maybe Louisiana. I think actually Louisiana. And I like, I ran into him somehow like early, early on. And he was like, Hey man. So I started a, a real repair service on the side a little while back. A lot of people keep asking me, can I spool your reel when I'm done fixing it? It's like looking for like a partner that might be able to like do wholesale. And 
I was like, well, that sounds awesome. I just started off, but you know, you seem like a big buyer. Don't really know much about you, but great. And so he's like, yeah, let me try it out. So I sent him like one of the first batch tools I ever put out six months ago, uh, like for retail, not for like personal and, and, you know, friends and family. He was like, yeah, man, I, I like uh, threw you 20 pounds and I boat flipped twice, broke off. Like, I, I, like I, I'm not going to like publicly shame you or anything, but like, I, I can't really get behind the braid. And I was like, dude, that's really odd. Would you be willing to give it another shot? And I was like, would you also be willing to like, do you have anything left on the school that I gave you? He was like, yeah, I probably got like 50 yards left on it. I'm like, all right, here's a return label. Can you send that back to me? I'm sending you a fresh spool in the morning. Would you give it another try? He's like, of course. I send him the fresh spool. He takes like a week or whatever, sends it back to me. I, I don't, you know, I send him the new spool and he's like, I went out there uh, yesterday. I hit like five reds all in the same oyster flat. I mean, I was dragging this thing through barbed wire and I still boat flipped all of them and it worked perfectly. Nice. I was like, out of all the people that, at the like, I mean, every production run's going to get one shoddy spool. Like, <laughs> it's just the nature of it. Like, you're putting out, you know, 100,000 yards of braid. There's going to be, like, some glip on the, on usually on the front end or the back end of just you know a compromised segment of it and you know even with all the testing but anyway i was like i'm all the people like this guy got it and he was the one who's like running a real business that that's just like an example of like the community and being willing to work with it getting to overcome some of those obstacles i've just been astonished like everyone in the community has been awesome and it's what makes it possible and those are the reviews and that's how you make the brand or that's how you make the product better because of that you know, I don't have to spend the money on expensive advertising and expensive videographers and things like that. And in return, I can pass that savings on to the customer. I mean, you've seen my packaging. It's yeah. pretty, pretty bland. Okay. But you know what? If I wanted to make it flashy and look incredible on a shelf or something, then I'd have to charge. I mean, that's going to cost me like 150 a school more or something like that. I don't even know. I mean, I'd have to look at that. But like, would you rather spend two more dollars for that school or would you rather just get your school a break and thus true break? There you go. Well, now that you did that, perfect timing, man. Bay check number two, 50 minutes in. So if you haven't got anything yet, make sure you get a new piece of bait on there. Double check it if you need to. It might be the time to move. You've been out here almost an hour, if not longer. Hopefully you've caught a bunch of fish and you're listening to this on your way home. This second bait check is brought to you by Fish Bites. Head on over to fishbites.com. Take a look at all the bait selection. You've got so many good ones to use. You've got the strips. You've got the dirty boxers. You've got all sorts of great scented infused wonderful things to throw out there they've also got their tackle shop you can order things online through there head on over again to fishbites.com thanks again fishbites you guys are awesome we've nailed a lot of pieces here that you've already kind of pushed in with the questions so i'm going to kind of jump around a little bit on you here just to kind of throw you some curveballs um with with can i make one comment yeah please uh just on your paycheck it was i think september 12th 2021 almost a year ago and i've been using fish bites for ever since i saw them on the shelf and i had a like a, a one or a two-aught hook 
on a on a high low dropper rig, right? On my bait pole. And I guess I was using like my six and a half foot freshwater like ugly stick with like a three thousand or four thousand reel on it. And I had a piece of fish bites the size of my thumbnail going for croaker, going for whiting. And I reeled in on that a 39, 40 inch black tip shark. <laughs> Literally nice. ate that thumbnail piece of fish bite. Carry on. That's my story. Oh, that's, good, that's good stuff right there. I'll uh, never forget. I'll never forget it. Absolutely. How could you? How could you? Well, you've talked about in the production piece here, and especially when talking on the price points and the savings on that. But let's go into how is braided line made? Do you want the short, medium, or long version? Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll go with the short. We'll go with the short. We're running on this one because we've got to get into these other ones. It's made of quote unquote ultra high molecular weight polyethylene, right? So it's a it's a microfiber, and so you have a bunch of individual fibers, and those are fed onto individual bobbins. So we're talking eight strands here. So we have basically eight initial spools of individual microfilament polyethylene fiber that goes each one of those gets rolled onto its own bobbin so now you've got eight bobbins eight spools if you will filled of uh individual strands so what happens then is you take those eight bobbins and you put them onto a uh, a weaving a braiding weaving machine right and they're they usually go by the the maypole braiders because it resembles a dancer dancing around a maypole. Probably our older audience will, you know, understand that more so, but it's basically like, think of it like a, like a cloth of eight bobbins. And then what happens is they're all spun and then weave together. Like, you know, like your daughter's hair getting weaved, but instead of two hands, there's eight hands and they're all getting weaved together. Then from there, like it's all weaved, right? And there's a delicate tensile strength applied to the weaving process to get the proper uh, grip and strength and uh, tensile strength to it. Uh, and then from there, it's like transferred a lot slower than you might think onto like a big main spool. And like these things look like anchor rope spools or like electrical wire spools, like big, big bobbins. And then from there it goes to the dye process where it's basically gone through like a silicon dye, which is instead of putting them in like a, in like a hot pot, like they're going to go into like strung through uh, a silicon dye. And from there they'll come out and they'll be heated to dry that dye and really kind of uh, ingrain it into it. And then from there it's going to get like an HVLP, like a, a high velocity, low pressure, sprayer would be like on a car to paint the car um except that's going to give it like a, a teflon coating right and so it's the the coating's not like a melted like wax or anything it's a sprayed teflon um which really gives it the strength similar to the kevlar and uh it'll give it like a, and that's what gives it it's really smooth consistency but also like a really high strength and also dv protection right, so. so and then from there it goes, it gets tested, and then it gets thrown on to retail size spools and shipped to your door. So okay. that's kind of the, 
I don't know. Was that short or medium? It's probably medium. I'd go medium, but it was the right. I mean, it was the good info that people would like. Oh, there is a little bit more to it, because uh, you and the other thing you alluded to it earlier. You're you're talking about eight strand right there. You got eight strand. You got four strand. Uh, that's about the norm we see in the markets, right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's four. There's eight. The nine is coming uh, or has been introduced, but I don't think that it's gained traction because it's just uh, the nine strand doesn't seem to really give any benefits the benefits just don't outweigh the the disadvantages of a nine strand and happy to answer why if you'd like but there's also 12 strand and then there's also 16 strand and like for the nine not really the advantages don't outweigh the disadvantages that kind of amplifies the 12 and 16 unless you start talking hollow four which is another another uh, kind of topic but i know pretty confidently at this point best balance of quality superiority and performance is going to be an eight strand braid so that's the only strand that true braid will produce i mean we may i mean we could produce a higher strand but we will not produce a lower strand okay so so eight seems to be the, the magic number that gives you all the benefits the, the sweet spot okay yeah yeah, because you already nailed that one there. Because it was going to be, what does more strand mean? You know, you've already nailed that with that part. So good well, stuff. More, well, what does more strand mean though? Is that you're going to get a rounder profile, and obviously you're going to get a a better strength and performance. So, for example, if you get caught up in the rocks and you fray or or break one or two strands, if you're on a four strand braid, you've only got two or three strands left to work with. Um, to fight that fish. Whereas if you're an eight strand braid and you lose one or two, you still have six, seven strands um, to fight that fish with. So the probability of landing that fish is, is amplified a lot more. So the only real advantage of a four strand braid is you're going to get a slightly more capacity on your reel it, it doesn't really equate, right? Because if you're going to do a four strand 50 pound or, or let's say four strand 40 pound braid, you know, you're working with a, 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 a risk of, of four, of 25%. Right. You know, that's like, big. That's a big you know, number. You lose one strand, you lose 25% as opposed to losing one eighth if you lose a strand. So, you know, it's just, and I, I feel as though in my experience of kind of surveying people that when they are using four strand, they're, they're going up and test anyway, because of that, it doesn't balance out At the end of the day. It definitely is in our opinion, the best solid to go with this eight strand. hundred percent. That makes sense. I mean, you've been, you've been reading about it and you've been researching it and you came up with the lines here to come up with it. So, you know, if, if eight's the right, if eight is that right, happy medium to give you the strength, capacity, usability, all that, it absolutely makes sense. And not to mention, too, with you talking about, you know, you lose a couple here and there, at least you still have the strength to land the fish. And hopefully you found the nicks and all that piece. You can get through it. So, right. no, it makes absolute sense, man. Thank you. I'm, I'm dead serious. Thank you for explaining it because that, that was more just, that It has a rounder profile. It has a rounder profile. So it will it will mold to your, to your reel uh, better, whereas like a so, – Whereas like a four strand, it will it will flatten out and it will become like uh, much more uh, less subtle. It, it it will flatten out and be like almost like either way. There's not a whole lot of benefits to it. With the eight strand, you're going to keep a nice uniform round profile and it's going to fit your reel well. It's going to cast better. It's going to be smoother on your fingers and you know on top of everything we just stated with you know uh, abrasion and and 
uh, risk of losing mm-hmm. fish in tough conditions. And you, so you, you mentioned it, and I, I know I've seen it on the website. You mentioned hollow core. Um, are you make is that already made and going to be coming out, or is that a future endeavor? No, it's uh, it's an active endeavor. It's just been taking uh, a little bit longer for me to be comfortable with selling at retail. There's a lot more requirements to to its production, and it's going to be a more expensive product. So I just am not ready to offer it retail until I am a hundred percent confident with its final product. Yeah. Uh, that said, I, I'm like 99%. <laughs> well, in that case, let's ask, well, let me ask you about it. Cause I can get the quick one here. Cause I know that, uh, this is one of those ones you've already done. This. What is Holocore and what is its use? The, the short, quick answer is Holocore is just like it sounds. It's Holocore, right? So it provides the ability for you to join your main line and your top shot or your leader with the seam seamless knotless connection and what i mean by that is you can splice your leader or your top shot or additional main line what any basically any other line you can splice and what i mean by that is you can basically send it down the center you can thread it down the center of the hollow core line and feed it out of a of a desired section of length. So think of it as like putting a, a, a one inch copper pipe down a two inch copper pipe and then sending it out one end, right? But the thing about it is the way that it's weaved, what it does is it creates a ch- like a Chinese finger trap. It's basically like putting your, your leader into a Chinese finger trap. And you send it out the other side, and you don't have to make a knot. So what happens is once you feed it through that line with a splicing needle, and you send it out the other side, you make the connection, then it is seamlessly connected to your main line. So whether you're casting it or running it through your, your, your glides or your eyes, you're not going to have any knot getting in the way, and it's going to create, like I said, a Chinese finger trap. So the more tension that it gets between the two lines, that stronger that bond becomes. It's a really cool application. A lot of times it's used mostly for big game fishing and big grouper fishing or shark fishing and things like that. Uh, it just gives you another reduced point of failure in your setup in that, you know, like the FG knot is king of, of, of tying main line to the leader, although it's superfluous and usually only needed in really big game applications. But in those applications, the uh, splicing of the line really uh, reigns king. So that's, there's a lot of advantages to it. Those are the, that's the main one. But with that comes a cost and it's, it's, it's for a little bit more of a niche group of fishermen for the majority of people out there. It's excessive and a luxury, but to a other group of fishermen, it's a necessity and what they rely on. So we want to offer both. We're uh, we've just about got it there. I think within the next 20 to 30 days, you'll see it on the true braid shelf. Nice man. Well, now that we're talking about that, so what is a weak, what is a weakness or strength of using braid? 
the strengths have been pretty well identified throughout the course of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but there are weaknesses in certain applications. I think in some applications that, you know, it's hard to say because the, the introduction of circle hooks has really changed that and that this braid does not stretch. It's a very firm line. Monofilament, fluorocarbon, you know, these are polymer plastics. They stretch, right? So when you go to set a hook, you're not getting a firm hook set. You know, you have to really set that hook. And that was really a requirement with mustard hooks and J-hooks for most of people's uh, fishing past uh, up for the last two decades, one decade. And so you would need a little bit of elasticity to really set that hook. Whereas now circle hooks really kind of set themselves and with, without elasticity, they set themselves very effectively. I would kind of jumble this in with a popular opinion to let the people kind of decide on their own. I have always thought the myth of braided fishing line because of its color and its flotation to defer fish our fish can see the flotation, they can see color, and I've always thought that was kind of not true, especially even when I'm bass fishing in the suburbs of Massachusetts and I'm going to use graded line, I'm going to tie a, you know, a three or four foot leader to it. But people do think that graded line can be seen, whereas uh, traditional monofilament or fluorocarbon cannot be seen. Monofilament and fluorocarbon is a bit thicker, well, quite a bit thicker. So you don't have to use as much of it, I guess. And it can break easier if you're you're caught in something where you need to terminate your leader or your line and, and re-tying it on. But yeah, I don't have a lot of disadvantages. It's a tough question, and I'll, I'll dig deep to try to answer it. But I'd actually like honestly defer that to you, Brian. Like, what do you think? You know, you've used a lot of fishing line in your day. What do you think is the... What advantages could you tell me that monofilament or fluorocarbon line has, if oh. you don't mind me asking? Oh, weird. I'm getting asked a question. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> um, I mean, the only Achilles heel to braid is abrasion, really. I mean, you, you, know, you get caught on a piling or something like that. You're going to get a little bit more love with mono or fluoro. You're going to get a little, I mean, not a lot, a little. But we've also seen it where braid has been able to handle it. You know, it just it's a weird kind of instance there. Uh, I agree with you. Braid has zero stretch. It's that perfect line for that. You know, you, you got that direct one-to-one ratio feeling. You know, it's all right there. You that What you want that line to do, oh, it's doing it. Uh, and as far as mono versus, uh, the stretch is cool, but, the, you know, what the question is is why do you need stretch? So stretch and abrasion, um, if I'm firing around pilings, I mean, I'm running braid. My leader might be, my leader will be a mono, you know, I, I want to give something for the fish to have to chew on or something. I need a little something a little bit there to make sure that their teeth don't get me. But that doesn't really, it's not a deterrent. Uh, I want braid for strength. I know it, you know, for me, it, it's it's there. A braid has shown me that it's a just perfect line. It's strong, it holds, and it can take a little bit more abuse uh, as far as, you know, weight of a fish. Uh, get me around some structure, though. Yeah, you got you got my attention. I'll be a little worried, but not tons. There's not a lot of disadvantages to braid. No, and I agree 100. percent I I am I, I don't use braid tied straight to a hook or a lure ever. 
Uh, there's plenty of people out there that do, but even in the whatever situation it may be where I barely need any, I'm still tying a one to two foot mono leader. Right. Um, so for me, that kind of absolves the the decision making there with you know uh, all the advantages that you know you and I both outlined, but. I'm always going to tie a leader just because I'm always going to one want that sinking at the tail end of it. I'm going to want it to be virtually invisible in the water for that last couple of feet. But I also want to be able to break it off without losing a lot of line if I need to, if I get jammed up. So if you break off your leader, you only use your leader and you still got your main line and your swivel and, and whatnot. If, that's your setup. So, like I said, you know, the advantages don't really outweigh it. I don't think, uh, you know, just the casting ability and the smoothness of it and being able to feel every vibration of either your lure or your bait or the fish really makes it the only setup I'm going to go with. Yeah, man. Makes sense to me. That I appreciate you being open and honest with that. You know, a lot of people would have, you know, kind of deferred, but that was perfect. Well, let's talk about this piece because you built this one and you've been having all these advantages and running through because you've already nailed the majority of the other questions here. Uh, what have been some bumps in the road for you? There's a lot of a learning curve going on here. Biggest bump in the road. I think the first biggest bump was confidence in that a lot of people and friends of mine who were, you know, from the beginning on kind of telling me I should offer this. And I, I, just really didn't have the confidence. Um, I was like, yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, it's just, I, I almost, like, I, I loved it. I, I, I'm obviously a huge fan of it. Obviously, the confidence changed. But at the beginning, of it, it was like, man, I, I just don't want to sell something. You know, I'm, I'm glad you guys really like it. But I, I didn't have the confidence to, like, build a brand about it. And that was, a, like, a big mistake because I could have gotten a really early head-on start with this. And that kind of goes to anybody out there who's listening. And that if you kind of have an idea or you have a product and it works really well for you and you can stand behind it, then sell that and then gain that confidence and sell it. Because if you really like it and those closest to you, really, like, for example, the people that are closest to you are going to tell you if it sucks and they'll be the first one. I kind of had a problem with being like, you guys are just like doing this to, to butter me up or whatnot. And then it's like, I'm getting photos of my buddies out on like, their friends boats and charters and like out there and doing like and they're catching fish with it they're loving with it and all that and it just really kind of scratched so that that was that was a big bump uh was the confidence part of it um the second part is just obviously the technical side of it is getting your product where you want it to be to be comfortable uh offering it to the public and what i realized is that that's going to be an ongoing battle that's something that's never really going to change. I'm always going to be reviewing my own product, looking for ways to make it better, taking in the community's response, comments, and ex experiences with it. I'll be completely transparent to say that, you know, I worked on the initial offering of, of colors and things like that for you know, about 18 months before really kind of getting into offering it publicly. And I got a big, big demand for some, for, for pink, for pink. And with the first round of it, uh, I realized 
you know, some of the processes with new colors are going to adhere a little differently. So I got a little bit more fading with the pink line than I wanted, obviously wanted to. So uh, not rushing the process uh, is definitely very important and staying true to your product. And uh, although the community is so supportive, like, like I, I can't say enough for the community, but sometimes you get overwhelmed with their response and their requests and you're like, all I want to do is just provide. And that makes you rush things a little bit. And so that was probably the biggest hurdle is just kind of like being able to stay true to uh, your company and your objective and be sure that your products are 100% before you offer them. And that's probably why the hollow core has taken uh, about seven or eight weeks longer than uh, originally planned. But that's something that I am going to stay true to and something I'm going to promise to my customers and to the community that I'm going to continue to do. So. That's the real elephant in the room. <laughs> Dude, that is good on you right there. I mean, it's oh, I, I love it. Being honest and just being true to you, your company, your people. But on that pause note. <laughs> one more bait check. That's right. Hopefully, you've limited out by now. I mean, there's no way. Or, you, you know, you're definitely listening to this at the way home. The final bait check of today is brought to you by Swordfishing Products. Take a look at swordfishingproducts.com. They have great fillet knives, and a new bait knife. They've also got some new stuff coming out. And they um, always put out really good information about offshore fishing and all how they're doing things. Head on over to swordfishingproducts.com. Take a look at their gear. You will not be sorry, I promise. So now that you nailed what the bumps in the roads are, uh, you're coming down to your last two big questions here. What has been your greatest lesson learned? Never underestimate the power of all of you. Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. I I've said it during the podcast. I'll reiterate it now. And I think as many companies start out, I will call about two years ago when this really kind of started getting pen to paper and experiment and the. Oh, and, and the biggest reason why I'm talking to you, Brian Demo, tonight <laughs> I on this you. podcast, <laughs> yes, because of the community, because you hounded me because other people hollered my name and other people talked about it and the community talked about it and the community said, hey, we like what you have and the people out there using True Braid have said, I really like it. I'm catching fish on it. I love that it doesn't break the bank or crush my wallet every time I need to buy a new setup for my guide or my charter or my kid or my, you know, my friend or my wife or my whatever. It's like, you know, I spend, I go out there and I spend over a hundred dollars on a new rod and reel just to get, my kid or my partner something decent or my guide service needs a new setup and I don't have to then swallow another hundred, hundred fifty dollars just online to pull it up. But it's been the community. I mean that's really what's made this possible. And uh if it wasn't for you guys we wouldn't exist. I'd just be a guy sitting on a, a stockpile full of braid and use it for the rest of his life 
but uh, you guys have been the motivation to produce it more and offer it out there and get more people fooled up for less and to get out and fishing more often. Yeah, I've said it before, and I've said it in other podcasts. I've said it online in my testimonials. I use your product. I love your product. Everything about it's been great, and I get it, man. Yeah, as soon as I heard about it and started getting to talk to you more, I fell in love with it more. So I enjoy it. I'm never going to complain about that. Well, to dovetail on that, Brian, I know that that's genuine. You know why? Because all the other products that you put out there, all the other companies that you promote or, or – just talk about and showcase the ones that you use. I've now used them because of that, and all of them are phenomenal. So that in itself also feeds into the confidence of my own company and my own product because when you're saying those things about True Brave and I'm going out there and I'm trying sword, I'm linking up with Ninja Tackle, I'm trying fish bites, I'm all of it, like, all of these companies that you stand behind are ones that just absolutely work for me and that I also stand behind too. So I know that you're genuine and I know that you're not just doing this for notoriety. So, you know, amen to you and thank you very, very much for all that you do and all that you contribute to this community. Dude, you're awesome. Thank you. Well, I'm glad. It's just the truth, man. It's the, that part right there is like the backbone and the epitome of everything from where it started. When I started this out as a blog, you know, writing about stuff and telling people like, "Look, you got cool stuff," or "Hey, your product sucks." I'll be honest with you, but this is what I would fix. You know, all, all that stuff that 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 means a lot. Seriously, coming from you, thank you. I mean that genuinely. I mean, thank even you so even much. the guys that you showcased at iCast, every single guy that you showcased at iCast. Okay, I spend. 20 minutes looking up, reading about, and ultimately pressing buy buttons on a lot of them. Oh no. Because I can, because I, because I can tell like you, like you would not put somebody on the, you know, on the screen unless it was something that you genuinely like did your due diligence on. So, you know, that's how all the products that you promote and all those things, all like I, I take very sincerely and they help me and they help those in my sphere of connection too. So I think you owe are are due a very genuine thank you and uh, be reminded how much that uh, the community and the brand and everybody involved appreciates what you're doing. Thank you, Because you're doing a lot. I appreciate you, man. Seriously, so much. Ugh. All right, last question, and it's the most important one. Hit me. What's next for you? So I just sold the company. Wait, what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> you wait till now? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm never selling this company. Uh, it's in my blood. It's in my veins. I'm going to take it wherever myself and the community decides for it to go. What's next? There is a almost an introductory period to build a foundation and, and, and to get acclimated with the community, which I think successfully has been done. If you look at other brands, even a lot of the new guys that you work with, Brian, they're not nearly as new as I am. I am very, very fresh. There's a lot of work still to be done. What is next is one, uh, expanding product offering and two, expanding 
location. So the idea of this has always been an e-commerce online. You know, it's 2022. You can almost get something delivered to your door quicker than you decide on Monday to go to the store and get new braid or spackle and it ends up being Tuesday. And next thing you know, you're there Wednesday. So it, it's, a, you know, it's a, it's a very online environment. And one of the reasons why that you can offer products uh, at the price point that it is, is because you don't have huge, you know, uh, storefronts and operations going. That said, we want to expand our product off it. We want to get into fluorocarbon because as I mentioned that a handful of times throughout the podcast, I tie true braid on all my setups and I always use a fluorocarbon or a monofilament leader. So I really want to be able to offer fluorocarbon in addition to braided fishing line. Uh, that said, I'm not going to rush anything. Like I'm going to make sure that I've got everything buttoned up before I make it available to the community. That said, I'm like 90% there. <laughs> and so it will be coming soon. And obviously, uh, as you know, we are relocating from Maryland to Florida and we want to become paired up with the right tackle distributors and the right partners. Our goal is not to be on Amazon. Our goal is not to be in every tackle store in America. Our goal is to be with every right tackle store in America. Everyone that fits the bill deserves and carries the right product because they care about their community catching fish and working with those right people. So that said, what's next still has a lot to do with what the community asks for. And so far, that's what I think it has asked for. And we're going to grow as quickly as we can without compromising quality and try to serve and repay the community that's been so good to us and exceeded our expectations since, since we started this. So thank you. And I can't wait to see what, what comes over the next six to 12 months. I can tell you that a guy you guys might know down there, Perdido Blaine, who uh, has a lot to do with the Pompano tournaments, has recently reached out to me and we've agreed to become a fellow sponsor of that tournament. And with everything possible, True Raid will be there in the flesh and put a face to the product and interact with uh, the community that's been just absolutely awesome to us. Sweet. Look forward to seeing you, man. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. Alex, thank you so much for all this. So if people want to get in touch with you, I know they can go to the website, truebraid.com. Um, you're also on other social media platforms. You're on TikTok, which I love your TikToks, and all other platforms there. And if people want to reach out, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, they can go to truebraid.com. They can email me at alex at truebraid.com. And if uh, anybody who's listening uh, is interested in giving True Braid a shot, uh, they can use the promo code DEMO20 for 20% off. And if you guys actually use that code and buy it, all we're going to do is give the difference worth of braid back to Brian Demo. 
thank you so much for everything you've done, especially with this community. Thank you with all you brought with us for True Braid and a ton of knowledge today. A lot, uh, just so many great things. Thank you so much for taking the time. I mean, <laughs> like I'm, I'm taken back, man. I thank you. Um, <laughs> it's been an incredible opportunity. I've, uh, I've been following your podcast for ever since like the late winter. Um, when I first figured it out, you have just awesome information to provide to everybody. You've cultivated a community is, uh, just, I, I'm speechless. I mean, you guys are awesome. Like, I, I, it, it's really amazing what you guys like. It must be something in the water down there. I'm speechless, man. I got nothing left to say. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so good. much. All right, brother. It's we'll been be awesome, dude. And uh, I hope to. Uh, I hope. Like, I wish you the best success, and um, I hope that me being on the show helps uh, forward your your own success. Thank you. And uh, appreciate it, man. All right, buddy. We'll talk soon. All right, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. We just got done talking with Alex Lines of True Braid. I hope this episode was some piece of it. Really gave you something to think about, and. Uh, it's a great product. I, I, like I said, I use it. I stand by it. I've had no problems with it. And I can be truthful and tell you that because you've seen me also spool it up on my Tiki Talk. <laughs> All right. If this episode helped you, don't forget to like it, share it out there. Somebody could use this information. Every Friday, new episode coming out. Follow us on social media. You're not going to miss anything. Uh, you're not going to miss it if you're following it. You know, can't, can't miss those alerts. All right. It's been a good one. I'll talk to you soon. We'll see you.